You know, a big story that we have somehow avoided covering thus far is this fight, the biggest fight ever. Oh, no. See, that's because that is my immediate reaction to said story. Yeah, this is Mark Zuckerberg, the founder and chief executive of Facebook. Meta, Facebook, Meta. I don't know. Challenged Elon Musk to a, to, a, to a mixed martial arts fight. Like, what is wrong with these men? It's gross, eh? Look, it's stepped up a notch because Man. the uh, Italian... <laughs> what? The Italian Minister for Culture uh, has offered to host this, this bout uh, at the Colosseum <laughs> of all places. Like full gladiator. <laughs> yeah. Are you not entertained? If the Coliseum could the suffer the indignity. Yes, it is the line. <laughs> Where do you reckon we'd host it if we were to host it in New Zealand? I'd say in the bucket fountain. Maybe Hobbiton? Ho- Hobbiton? Oh, yeah. Put up a big ring there. That'd be kind of yeah. cool. What? Producer Jono just came in and said, we could put up a big ring in Hobbiton. One ring to rule them all. Okay, time to start the episode, please. Kia ora, this is News by Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. National Party leader Christopher Luxon joins us this morning and explains why his latest policy hasn't been costed. We're halfway through week one of Dry July, so if you're doing it, first of all, well done. And second of all, how do you make sure you stay on that wagon? It was meant to be one of the best jaw-dropping shows of the year, so why did the weekend's The Idol flop so spectacularly? And plus, why a tourism agency is being forced to apologise to the Philippines. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Well, three and a half months, 14 weeks and a bit. 101 days, or close to 9 million seconds. That is how long it is until this year's general election. And you can bet National Leader Christopher Luxon will be counting every single one of them, with almost every poll predicting a slightly different but very tight outcome. National has made two big law and order policy announcements lately, but... How the party plan to pay for them has been under the spotlight. National Leader Christopher Luxon is with us now. Kia ora, how are you going? Kia ora, great to be with you guys. At your uh, party conference, you launched a policy promising tougher criminal sentences, but at the time at least, it didn't appear that you'd costed that policy out. But one of your main attack lines against Labour is about wasteful spending. But then you launch a policy that you can't quite say how much it will cost. It just doesn't quite make sense to me. Well, let's be clear that the number one priority for New Zealanders is economics and it's cost of living. Number two priority is law and order. Number three is education and health and is, is three and four. So they are the big four issues that Kiwis are really fixated and focused on. So our conference was day one talking about the economy, day two talking about law and order. Uh, what we're saying really clearly on law and order is, you know, we're in a perverse situation. It's absolutely insane. You know, this is a government that has one justice target, which is a 30% reduction in the prison population. And I would love that. I really want less prisoners if there's less crime, but there's not. Violent crime, you know, hugely 33% increase in violent crime, 100% in retail crime. And I spend time, you know, most weeks seeing victims of crime. And I can tell you, you know, this isn't this doesn't happen in Australia. It doesn't happen in Canada for those retailers that have businesses in those places, but it's happening here in New Zealand. But have you costed that policy now? Yeah, what we've said very clearly is, look, it's really difficult to cost precisely, you know, um, social justice policy, as we've seen, you know, as this government struggle with. What we're saying is that there is 
Um, very much a heap of capacity in the prison system. We've had a 20% reduction in the prison population in the last six years. So there's plenty of space there. The second thing is that there is actually $850 million of extra spending that's gone into corrections. Uh, and there's plenty of money there. And frankly, if we need more, we will actually fund it from future budgets. But cost is but not one the of your main critiques, it. Mr. Luxon. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but one of your main critiques of the government at the moment is wasteful spending. Shouldn't you be able to point to your spending and say this is how much it will cost? Yep. Considering that is one of your main criticisms. And I'm telling you exactly how we're going to do it. If there is more prisoners, well, you're telling us how difficult it is to cost. No, no, I'm, I'm telling you it, it is difficult to cost a model precisely. But what I'm saying to you is the two big considerations are. If we're going to have more prisoners with longer sentences, is there capacity in the prisons? Absolutely. Is there a whole amount of fixed cost there that actually means that the cost of an incremental prisoner doesn't mean you know, that it's, it's through the roof or it's, it's crazy expensive? Uh, and the second thing is Corrections Today has a budget that's $850 million more with 20% less prisoners than it had just six years ago. And so there's capacity there. We continue to support the investment in the 581 corrections officers. Uh, and frankly, we think we can fund a lot of it from within that. And if we have to, we'll fund it out of future budgets. But be under no illusion, you know, when people don't feel safe and when you have a 33% increase in violent crime, you have a 66% growth in gang membership, and you have a ram raid every 15 hours in New Zealand. This is New Zealand. We're supposed to be a first world country that's safe and people feel safe, and they don't. And so, um, frankly, the prison population, the cost associated with that, um, we, we, will, we will deal with that. Now, that was just a segment of the interview with Christopher Luxon. You can find out why he rejects the idea that his personal popularity could be affecting Nationals' polling. Uh, also, the one policy he thinks would make the biggest difference to New Zealand and the idea from the current government that he supports. You can find all those a wee bit later on when we drop the interview today in this feed. So give us a follow if you want to get that delivered straight into your phone. And stand by for some dry July hacks. If you're going booze-free this month, we've got some advice on how to stick with it. And if you have any good suggestions as well, send them to us. You can find us on TikTok or Insta. Just search NZ. And if you want to go old school and email us your suggestions, we're at newsableatstuff.co.nz. <laughs> Imogen, it is the seventh month. It is. July. Yeah. And a pleasing rhyme is dry July. I'm curious about this. Have you ever done dry July in your life? No, I haven't ever done dry July in my life. Have you? No, I used to drink rather a lot as a young man. Uh, but the thing that cured me of that particular ailment was, uh, ironically, getting a job in a bar and seeing what arseholes drunk people are. Ah, um, so, <laughs> yeah. But um, look, dry July, no alcohol throughout the month of July. It seems easy on the face of it, but... Uh, from what I've heard, when the challenges kick in, it is the weekends. Mm. So a big question about this is how do you stay strong through the temptation? With us now is Flynn Malhopt from Look Good, Feel Better, one of the charities being supported by Dry July. He's going to share some tips and tricks. Kia ora, Flynn. How are you going? Kia Good morning. So how is it going? Because it started on a Saturday. Yes, yes. Started on a Saturday. Was it after the Warriors lost? So it kind of gave us some <laughs> of the reason to... To give up early, but it's not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. D- to talk us through your sort of your style, your gameplay. Like, do you do you find this a challenge, Flynn? I think it will be a challenge as it gets into later into the week. Your mind can work through two or three days of adversity, but once it's prolonged and and uh, you know your your body starts to recognise the feelings that it misses. There are still people in my house that are drinking, 
So it's kind of an interesting challenge to not cave and and be with them as well. Have you got any hacks when it comes to not caving and and not giving into social pressure, I guess? It's actually quite nice to have other people around you to keep yourself accountable. I think it would be a lot harder if I was uh, living a slightly more isolated lifestyle without people around me. So I've I've told a lot of people um, that this is what I'm doing um, so that everyone knows it's not going to stop me going out and socializing with people, but everyone knows that this is this is what's happening. Have you got anything to sort of sub in to fill the um, the, the, the thirst quenching void that may have opened up in, in your palate? Um, yeah, totally, totally. I was a bartender for uh, about five years before I do my current line of work. So um, you picked up some tricks of where flavors are. And uh, every day of this month, I'm challenging myself to make a new non-alcoholic cocktail beverage. Ah. Um, so you can find those live on my Instagram, at man in pink. Uh, we go live at six o'clock every day. This one here is actually a passion fruit martini, and uh, I feel really good about this because I can drink throughout the whole day and not feel these vex of Everyone else has to wait until five o'clock. This is glorious. Divine. Magnificent. Fancy little glass you got there as well. <laughs> it is fancy, actually. These are really cheap, but they're really good glasses. <laughs> Flynn Melhopt, thank you so much for your time, and good luck. Stay strong. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Do you love bad TV, and we're not talking Love Island bad, we're talking really critically damned television that is borderline an insult to the medium as a whole. Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) We're talking about (laughs) the idol in a moment, Uh, so you don't have to watch it. You're welcome. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and follow on your favourite podcast platform, because remember, it'll help other people find us. Kia ora, Aotearoa, and welcome to The Big Stuff Quiz. I'm your host, Imogen Wells, alongside my assistant, the wonderful Chris Reid. Hello, everyone. Each week, we'll release a new episode to test your wits with two rounds of ten questions. One potluck round, and another that's very loosely themed. A bit tangential, even. Such a good word. If you think you're up for the challenge, go and follow our show on your favourite podcast platform, The Big Stuff Quiz, is out now. The Big Stuff Quiz is proudly brought to you by Melbourne. Every bit different. We were promised the show of the summer, the US summer, that is. But what we were given is allegedly some of the worst television known to mankind, scoring a mere 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, and if anything, that flatters it. Uh, we are talking about <laughs> uh, this this new show, The Idol. Its final episode dropped this week. It stars singer The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp and a recent review of that show's final episode by The Guardian has some killer lines in it. Uh, it refers to the show as a, a painfully tedious non-event featuring a performance from The Weeknd that should be tried in The Hague. Tried in The Hague! What exactly went so completely wrong with this series? Staff Culture reporter Johnny Manheap is here to tell us because I refuse to watch a single episode. Kia ora, Johnny. How are you going? Kia ora, guys. Well, thank God that's over. <laughs> um, so what is the show about? It's a sort of biopic about LA and the sleaze of the music industry. Lily Rose Depp, Troy Sivan, The Weeknd, a cast of kind of hot A-list and then the creme de la creme of, of up-and-coming indie sorts. But the show itself is just an abhorrent mishmash of thriller, sex, erotic drama, and a kind of 
you know, insight into the music industry, but it, it fails on all of those counts, unfortunately. It is, it's attracted a lot of criticism for being, you know, sexist and misogynistic and um, kind of borderline pornographic. Is that what's bad about it, or is what's bad about it something something else entirely? The problem is that the dialogue is written as though it's from the perspective of a horned up fifteen year old boy, which is what <laughs> Sam Levinson appears to be. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the problem with the show is that he replaced the female director that initially shot the show. So it was six episodes. Amy Simmons, who's an amazing indie director, did the entire series. The Weekend and Sam Levinson didn't enjoy the fact that it was, quote unquote, leaning into the female perspective too much. So they kicked her out, came on board, rewrote and redirected the whole thing. And what emerged is this kind of just atrociously written soft porn fan fiction to the weekend himself who seems to be just exactly the character that he's betraying and the weekend's character is called tedros first name Mm -hmm. tedros last name Mm -hmm. what you're in for just five episodes of what moments like that i think the problem with it is that the weekend and sam levinson are kind of doing that equivalent of when a serial killer emails clues to the police. Like, the show is a reflection into their souls. It's giving us an indication of the men that they really are. And all of the uh, kind of atrocious setups that they put their female characters in are just exactly what you can imagine these men kind of wishing in real life. The Idol clearly had a massive PR machine behind it, had a big budget. It was very hyped. But when you look at the numbers of people who who watch this show, it's very, very low. It's in sort of the the hundreds of thousands to low millions. Mm. The most watched dramas in in America are like your Law and Orders, your NYPD Blues. You know, it's not Succession. Mm. It's not The Idol. It's not these sorts of of shows. And I find that kind of curious because they they seem to wield such cultural sway, Mm. and yet they're not the shows that people watch. Does that ever strike you as an odd thing? Mm. You know, the cultural cachet that HBO has is is still powerful, but I wonder if now the needle is starting to shift slightly. And you're seeing A-list actors turn into those shows, into Hawaii Five-0, into NCIS. You're getting Angela Bassett and other Oscar winners joining those ranks and starting to shift into those series. And I wonder if, you know, what we're seeing with prestige TV tanking in some respects, you know, shows that everyone is talking about but no one's watching, whether we will start to see more actors, more talent shifting into the weekly series because those soap operas, those police procedurals, all of them, they're remarkable products Mm -hmm. and they are the same week after week and there's really something that's to be said for that. And when you see the lack of dramatic construction of something like The Idol, you know, Hawaii Five-0, all the more impressive. Taika Waititi of Country Calendar. (laughs) There's a reason Coronation Street is still going, I think. Would you recommend this TV show? One million percent. I... (laughs) If you think but you that would I, recommend it. <laughs> well, it's just the show, as I said, has you in its complete magnetic spell because, you know, nothing happens. Everyone is beautiful. Uh, the plot and the scenes manage to kind of exist in this vacuum of, of drama and comedy. And you end up five episodes later. The series is meant to be six episodes, but mm. they just one episode disappeared on the cutting room floor. And you end up kind of wondering, what did I just watch? What just happened? It's it's an achievement. Johnny Manheat, thank you so much for your time. And I won't be watching it because there's two things I refuse to waste my time on, and that's bad food and bad TV. I'm Tova O'Brien, and this week on the Tova podcast from Stuff, an interview with Prime Minister Christopher Luxon. 
We met at Central District's Field Days to talk tax, police pay, Ruby Tui and his political value judgments. Oh, and we heard his verdict on the conversation too. Not that he meant us to. All that plus the winners and losers of the week with Andrea Vance, Luke Malpass at the Labour Party caucus retreat and your feedback. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Kakite. So right at the top of the show, you said we were going to explain why a tourism agency is having to apologise to the Philippines. That's right. I almost can't read this out loud. A tourism agency has apologised after a video advertising the Philippines as a holiday destination showed footage from other countries. (laughs) The video featured many different shots, including aerial footage of sand dunes in Brazil as well as footage of a man riding a buggy in the desert in the United Arab Emirates. See, those are three. These are three (laughs) such different countries. The Philippines, Brazil, and UAE. (laughs) It turns out they've just gone to like a stock footage website, I think, (laughs) and they don't reveal what they Googled or like searched on this stock footage site. Hmm. Uh, But, yeah, it wasn't of the Philippines. Yes, I think the Department of Tourism in the Philippines... Um, it did a statement on, on, on Instagram, didn't it? Quite a, yeah, quite a yeah. long, profusely apologetic statement. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it's gonna, it stands in solidarity with fellow Filipinos <sighs> and the outrage over the matter. Is this like ChatGPT doing your homework? This is what that feels like to me, mm. except on a much bigger scale. Mm. Yeah, I guess um, moral of the story, if you're the Department of Tourism, make sure that the country that you're promoting is in fact... Your country. <laughs> and on that note, that's news all for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Neil Donovan. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, and we also have a special episode out later today with Christopher Luxon. Uh, in its entirety, that'll be dropped at around about 11 o'clock this morning. Have a good one, and we'll see you around. Newsable. News that's worth talking about. If you liked it and reckon it's also worth supporting, please make a contribution at stuff.co.nz support.